as an industry, we've made it our business to learn about games, how they work, about their resonance, and their successes or failures, but there's a human side to the industry as well. My name is Paul James, and welcome to Dev Diary, a series that explores and celebrates the incredible feats of the people behind the games as we dive into their stories, the highs, the lows, and everywhere in between. In this episode, I'm joined by Tyson Butler Boschma, current co founder and creative director at Toybox Game Studios. So join us as we explore his journey. So today I'm joined by Tyson. How are you, man? I'm doing really well, man. Yeah. So this is Dev Diary, a series where we sit down with developers from all around the industry and they share their stories about basically how they've come to be where they are now. And I'm going to kick things off the same way that we always do. You said cool. just before this that you've listened to a little bits and pieces yep. of the episode, so you know what's coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was your first gaming experience? What was the first game that you remember? Uh, so it was funny enough, I was actually listening uh, to... Uh, listening to Dev Diary, right? And I was like, oh, crap, what was my first game? So I actually had to go back and look through when two games were released because there's two that I remember distinctly and I wasn't sure which one it was because it must have been so early that I couldn't distinct when it was because it was only about two years difference. So I can confirm that the first game that I ever played that I remember was Crash Bandicoot 2, The Wrath of Cortex. Oh, okay. So my... um, my father had been working remotely over here in Melbourne. I'm originally from Tasmania. Yep. Um, so he'd been working remotely in Melbourne and he came back and for my birthday he'd bought me a PlayStation 1 along with Crash Bandicoot 2. And I'd played it's a good place to start. The crap out of that game. I absolutely love it. It inspires a lot of the games that I work on now. Um, and then the other game that I wasn't sure about was also um, Pokemon Silver. Oh, okay. Yeah, the the so, best in the franchise. Yes, yeah, so Pokemon just, Silver. Just yeah. Clear. Amazing, um, and I was not a fond reader when I was younger, so that was my mum's genius technique on how to teach me how to read uh, yeah, because I couldn't progress through RPGs, the game. Yeah. They're wordy, they, they force you yeah, into it. That's it, and it actually worked. I ended up are you being able to read just because I was playing video games, but yeah, so yeah, Crash Bandicoot 2, first game. It is one of those things, yeah, I feel like I picked up a lot of my yeah, reading ability from. Yeah. For me, it was a lot of the Super Nintendo RPGs mm. I was playing. So it's kind of just thrown in the deep end. Hey, let's try and work out what the hell they're saying in Chrono Trigger or Final yeah, Fantasy. Of course, with yeah. God knows what the yeah. words are actually supposed to mean anyway, but yeah. I found a way through it. Yeah, um, sure. So what do those early days look like? So beyond those, those were your first games that you kind of messed around with. What other sorts of things did you play in those early years? Um, so for me, I was I grew up as a console kid. Yeah. Uh, it's only been in, like, I got my first PC uh, about a year and a half ago. So oh, okay. I'd had laptops and stuff for, like, university and stuff, yeah. but I'd always been consoles. So PlayStations, GameCube, so uh, yeah. Nintendo 64, uh, the 360, so I'm a massive Halo fan, even though I kind of got into that a bit late as well. Um, and just all, all the console sort of stuff. So I was really into mascots. So anything yeah, okay. you can think of, Crash Bandicoot, Ration and Clank is one of my all-time favourite series, uh, the Tomb Raider series, yeah. God of War. Uh, all those characters that are kind of really sort of the like character, yeah, they're character yeah. heavy sort of characters. But of course, then you've got Master Chief as well. Um, there was uh, uh, Perfect Dark Zero as yep. well, and just stuff like that. I liked characters. I liked yeah, that's stories around. Dario, characters it sounds like, like you like and I are in a similar sort of headspace yeah, 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 when it comes yeah. to it. So yeah. that, that's all right. And then yeah. how did things kind of develop from there? So when when did the each potentially start to develop that saw you eventually end up where you are now, I guess. Oh, I, or was I it know, something just naturally? You know, I know exactly when it happened. Um, and it's a, a very fond memory for me. Uh, so like I said, Halo, I'm a huge fan of Halo. It's my yep. favourite series of all time. Uh, I'm incredibly pumped for Halo, the new Halo oh, 6, um, Infinite. Infinite, yeah. Yeah, they spent a long time on it, so I hope it's Are great. they even calling that Halo 6 yet? No, so, I think it's no, just Halo they're, Infinite they're at this point. But yeah, Trying to wipe the slate clean a bit. Yeah, but um, anyway, so Halo 3 was coming out. Uh, and my friends at the time in high school were like, "Yeah, this is coming out. It's awesome. Like, you need to you need to get onto it." And I'd kind of played the first one a little bit, but yeah. never really got myself. Did you absorbed. have a 360 at this point? Or? Uh, yeah, so oh, I had a, perfect. Dark. Yeah, so I had a 360 and stuff. So I played that, um, and I had an Xbox. So my my brother was really into playing Halo and stuff yeah. like that. So I decided, you know what, I'm gonna, you know, my mates are into it. I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna play through this series. And I smashed through Halo One and Two in a couple of days, like over a weekend. Sort yeah, of right. thing. you know, being a kid, I had nothing else to do, so it was fine. Um, and I was like, holy crap! Like all of a sudden, I'd hopped on the hype train. Like I was really excited. You're for a late cover, but now you're yeah, but now I'm like really into it. Um, and I wasn't part of the obviously part of the the multiplayer crowd for Halo Two. Yeah. It was purely the single player campaigns. I yeah. loved playing Legendary. I loved discovering the skulls and all the hidden secrets and stuff like that. Halo 3 came out, um, and I went through that campaign, and I completed it. So the two friends that I'm talking about, they yep. came over and played, and we finished Legendary, the whole campaign, on that first night. Nice. Um, and that final moment in the final mission where you're going towards 
uh, you're going towards. We the... can we can spoil this point. Yeah, it's like it's been a while, but yeah, basically you're, you're driving along, and it's kind of like representative of the last level in the first yeah. game. Yeah. And the music starts to swell and that, and I've just goosebumps, right? Just absolute goosebumps, just flood through my body as you've got that moment as the warthog goes crashing into the, the ship, and, and it's and... just pumping. I'm loving it. <laughs> um, and then it kind of got to the end, and the credits started to roll, right? And I saw like the creative director, and you had like the the multiplayer level designer and yeah. Tyson Green, and all these other people. And, and at that lists moment, and lists, and of, lists people, of people, yeah. and in that moment, I was like, I want to create this experience for someone else. Yeah, that yeah. one, that like the the ten seconds of just absolute euphoria that I was feeling in those final moments of that. Campaign, you want to be responsible for that. I want to be responsible for that. I want to recreate those feelings in someone else, right? Um, and you know, and that instantly, I was hooked, right? I'm like, I'm making games. Like this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life, right? Like I'd always enjoyed games, but it was in that moment that I was like, no, nah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make them, right? Yeah. I'd always been a creative person. I'd enjoyed art and stuff like that, but I was like, no, nah, games. Like I'm going to be doing games. Um, and, you know, my, my family, I'm, I'm blessed because my family, my mum uh, and my dad and stuff like that have always been, like, really supportive of my decisions. Yeah, they were a bit they were a bit adamant at first because, to be fair, a week before this, I wanted to be a professional WWE wrestler. So, oh, yeah, okay. you know, it was kind yeah, of like... So what's eh, it going to be next week? Yeah, That's exactly right. Yeah. I was like, oh, it's just kind of a phase, right? Um, but then, you know, a year later, I started to head into year 11 and 12. So, TCA, I had to start figuring out about college and all that yeah. sort of stuff. And they're like what are you going to do? And I'm like, well, I'm going to focus on maths, English, art, and computer programming because I want to make games. And they're like, oh, okay, like he's pretty serious, right? And then obviously it just got more and more serious and then eventually I moved here. Um, yeah, so Halo. I'll start with Halo. Interesting. Uh, yeah, it was really, I mean, it's, really cool. it's not an uncommon one. Um, and, well, just a pretty, pretty decent franchise. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's all right. Yeah. It goes all right. <laughs> I mean, there's a bit of hype for Infinite, which I guess we'll see in a year or two. We will see, yeah. Um, so how did things kind of develop from there? So you obviously yeah, you found your way into a course after school was all, yeah, so, all done, so the yep. Quantum was part of that? Quantum was part of that, correct. So that was, it's, uh, I believe it's SAEQ now, but it was Quantum and then yeah. SAE, they were like separate schools and stuff like that. So yeah, finished year 12. Uh, within a week of finishing year 12, I was like, cool. Love you, mom. And I moved over here, uh, and I started. I started a bachelor's degree, so a bachelor in uh, interactive entertainment, majoring yep. in games design. That was a fast track course, so I had no holidays or anything like that. So I completed. Yeah, I the, yeah so yeah. I could, it was pretty hardcore. But I completed that within two years. Uh, in that time, I released my first commercially released game, which yep. was called Heart of Zara. Just a little mobile game, really brutal, like Souls-level brutal uh, sort of thing. But it was really cool because we did it for Game Jam, um, and I got to meet kind of, I guess, what you'd say is my first um, local industry kind of mentor, forward slash idol, in, yeah, okay. in, in a man called Ivan uh, Ivan. Neeson and he um he runs Comobius and stuff yep. here in Melbourne. Uh very, very talented programmer and honestly he carried me the whole way through the game jam. Um <clears throat> but what was cool is I was responsible for a lot of the design uh and I was responsible for a lot of the levels. Yep. And during that game jam, uh Heart of Zara won two awards. It won Best Gameplay and it won People's Choice as well, which was really, really cool. And it kind yeah, of the, really... the latter would kind of resonate yeah. a bit like I made a game that people like. Exactly it's not just right. good in a few specific aspects, like people actually, actually really enjoyed, enjoyed it. Despite it despite its brutal difficulty. Uh, yeah. yeah, people enjoyed it. And that was really cool and like reaffirming for me because I was like, Yeah, cool. Like I'm a year into my course and maybe I'm pretty good at this. Like yep. maybe I can make a career out of this. And that that's just nice to have. It was nice to have really early on uh, for me to, I guess, kind of... I've always been a pretty confident person, but that yeah. kind of just helped me be like, yep, this is cool. Trust in my decisions. I'm going to be okay. Yeah, I mean, it's still yeah. it's still a big difference to kind of... I think I can do this. I'm pretty sure I can do this. Yeah. To then, okay, I did this and I did a pretty good job. Exactly like, right, yeah. yeah. Uh, which, you know, was an incredible feeling in of itself. So that was really, really cool. Um, and then from there, uh, we I started... And it's I bring this up because it's important leading into like talking about my company and stuff yeah. like that. So... Uh, there was, um, I met up with my Keystone project team, right? Yep. Um, and we're all friends to this day. Uh, and we ended up creating a, a first-person shooter game called Toybox. Now, Toybox was basically a non-lethal first-person shooter. We're basically thinking, what would you get if you crossed Call of Duty with uh, Toy Story? That was the idea, yeah, okay. right? Yeah. They used Nerf guns and all that. Uh, and the idea was that it was meant to be like a first-person shooter for kids. So something that parents would be happy to buy sort of thing. Uh, and we were the only team of that year that were using UDK, so the Unreal Development yep. Kit, before UE4 came out. Um, and we made that and we did really well and got awesome marks and we loved everything. And then we graduated and we went our separate ways for a bit. 
During that time, I went on to complete a graduate diploma in creative media, a master's degree in animation games and interactivity, and a uh, diploma in information technology because that was just helpful to learn websites and stuff like yeah, of course. that. Um, it's, so it's it was multifaceted just, this Yeah, it's just, just a cool thing. So I ended up doing that and we came together after a while and, you know, each of us had kind of done like separate little projects here and there. So I released another game called uh, Icarus Fall, which was yep. like a major project I did for my masters. Um, that got accepted into the Acme Showcase and a bunch of other stuff that year, which was really cool. Uh, and a couple of my friends that had helped me on Toybox helped me with that. Um, and yeah, basically we came together and we're like, look, we've done like little projects and stuff and we've released a couple of other mobile games uh, as like a group, but individually, like it's not like an entity or anything yeah. like that. Uh, we'd released little mobile games and you know, they were okay. Uh, there was nothing special about them. And we kind of came to the conclusion that the reason some they weren't really special was our hearts weren't really in it. So it just wasn't the sort of game you wanted to make. We took a step back and we realized like, you know, I was losing, I was losing, I didn't get the feeling that I got from Halo, right? If that makes sense, right? So what I've realized is in the games that I'm really proud of that I've made, I get that same sensation, that same kind of of goosebumps when I realize that all the elements of a game is starting to come together. The design, the art, all that sort of stuff. And that's the feeling I look for when I know that a game that I'm working on is at least I'm going to enjoy making and it's going to be all right. Well, in those key moments that you've been talking about with Halo, that is when all those multifaceted exactly bits right. all come together so exactly that makes sense right. that makes yeah, sense. so it all builds up to that moment so we came together and we're like yeah look do we just want to we, we we're good friends right we're awesome friends do we just want to try and make something but do we want to try and make something substantial and we all kind of agreed and funnily enough our first ever business meeting was conducted in one of the booths that they've got down at mcdonald's at crown casino Oh, yeah. uh, we all just we just gathered there to like eat food and discuss it and stuff like that. And at that moment, um, Toybox Games was formed. Uh, yeah, okay. We called ourselves Toybox uh, because inspired we're ins- by inspired the by before. the game yeah. that we developed before and stuff like that. And we're like, yeah, this is really cool. Let's jump into it. Um, and we, you know, we we prototyped for a little bit and tossed around an idea and all that sort of stuff. And we initially were going to develop a um, a MOBA of all things okay. believe it or not uh, and that didn't last very long before before, before, before we all jumped in we've all got like some design background we yep. all jumped in we're like <laughs> absolutely not we need to cut this back we need to scope like a, you know a ma- first of all we're making a big IP alright yep. difficult enough as it is trying to incorporate multiplayer into that as well we just were not equipped and we understood that right what we were equipped was, with was talented designers talented artists uh, and, you know, a drive to do some really epic storytelling and yep. stuff like that. So eventually, this prototype evolved into the game that we're developing now, which is Primordial's Fireborn. Uh, it's a third-person action-adventure game, very much in the vein of, like, Fable crossed with Spyro. Yep. It's kind of the description I've heard a lot of players describe it yeah, as okay. when we're at PAX and stuff like that. I mean, like I certainly that. saw, the, like, the, the Fable influences mm. uh, when, when I messed around with the PAX. I, I can't say that I've given Spyro any thought, but I might have to look at it through that, see if I can look at it through that lens next time. I yeah, absolutely. Um, we, get, we get lots of different descriptions. Like, even... Uh, what is it in the cave level that we showed off at PAX last year? Uh, we even got like some nodes to some odds, like some nods to No Man's Sky. Yeah, just okay. in so it's kind of like the color palette and stuff like that. Like yeah, a right-o. radically different style game, but just kind of the visual. I guess. So I guess it's kind of interesting it. all the different parallels. Yeah, it's, it is interesting, you... but I don't mind that either yeah. because it's a really I I kind of like that people can you know familiarize themselves with stuff that they've experienced yeah. with this game because it helps us a little bit. Yeah, it means that. Okay, cool. We're not making something that's completely alien to people and no one's going to be interested in it. Because as much as we're building this game for ourselves, um, we're building it as a commercial product as yeah. well. We want this to do well enough that, you know, Toybox you can Games can do more of it and eventually be we can all be working on games full-time and stuff like that. Um, yeah, so that's that. But obviously, the capacity of how we're working is it's a huge game uh, and... Because it's all off of our own backs, we have separate jobs as well. So yep. currently, as you know, we're recording here at AIT, which yep. is my second job. So I'm the uh, senior games lecturer here at AIT. I teach everything, programming, art, modeling, animation, games, stuff like that. Um, yeah, and that's kind of my history in a really short... You know, so, yeah. folks, because you just spoke about the AIT stuff, and we'll yeah. absolutely come back to Primordials uh, yeah. soon. Um how is that kind of conveying your knowledge in the gaming space to X number of students who, I guess, are sitting there listening in and trying to trying to hone their own craft? What, I think what's that sort of experience like? It's really cool because... I can understand to an extent. I myself am a teacher. Yeah. Maths, 
versus video games, yeah. different sorts of mediums yeah. and that sort of thing. But um, yeah, what's that like? It's really cool. Um, I think mainly because I can literally pull up an experience of something that I might have had myself in a development yeah, capacity okay. the week before, right? So we've um, you know, we've been talking about the idea of like level design and stuff like that, and how you can guide a player through the world and like you know where you place triggers and stuff. Like yes, this is like introductory game design stuff, but it's cool that I can literally open up the Unreal Engine. And be like, okay, well, I'm not just going to give you examples from actual games. Let me take you through my game that yeah. I have 100% knowledge of how every single thing in this game works. And I can explain how these things work yeah, in the real time. The rationale and all that. Exactly. Thing. And yeah. it's really cool because then obviously my students are like, that's dope. Because they can see things happening in real time. Uh, but it's also good for me because I can also almost like get feedback I'm almost yeah, like you're, overlapping you're with my jobs. At the yeah, same time. exactly yeah. right. Um, so I'm getting like this cool kind of overlap with my students kind of helping me out with knowing if I'm doing something the right yeah. way or not. Um, and then naturally, of course, um, you know, being involved in the industry, whether whether I was developing games or not, I, like I make an effort to make sure that I'm involved in the industry. And part of that helps me, I believe, as a lecturer because um, it lets me kind of have a good in-depth knowledge of everything that's currently happening yeah. uh, happening right in the industry and you know like one of the things that I've been talking about with my students is like the idea that you know it's cool to come into games like really bright-eyed sort of thing and like wondrous and stuff like that the exact same way that I did but um, at the same time you shouldn't be like um, ignorant to the real world yeah. like trials and There's tribulations of creating stuff, games yeah. right creating games is hard right yeah. like it's really difficult and like um you know and not only that right like the australian industry is just incredible right like incredible developers yet we're just pumping out students a lot faster than the jobs are becoming yeah. available right and i you know it's for my own integrity i make sure that i let students know that i give them a realistic realistic expectation of what's going on being part of my own studio so experiencing the real world issues yeah. of running a new indie studio and makes also being part of relatable to the makes students. it yeah. instantly relatable because they're like here's a guy that's literally trying to do what i might want to do in a couple of yeah. years when i graduate um but it also means that like you know i think that they're they're doing better because they're like, okay, cool. That means I need to strive to be really good, right? Yeah. It's not enough to just pass. I need to be yeah, pushing myself to do really well. The make degrees thing doesn't really fly it in this particular right? space. It's not when it's and so cutthroat in all That's right. And, you know, at the end of the day, like, I've always been a really strong believer that you do not at all need an educational degree to get into games. Yeah. And, I mean, people prove this constantly, right? It's always a case that, like, portfolio is king. Right, yeah. it's all portfolio is always going to be more important than say the level of degrees that you have. But at the same time, I explain to my students like don't use don't use that as an excuse yeah. to quit right now. Right, like firstly, having a degree makes it really really easy to get like work overseas because yeah. you can get like visas and stuff like that. Especially a master's, like holy crap, I could work anywhere in the world like yeah, really okay. easy because I have a master's degree. Right, um, but on top of that as well, right, if you're anything like if, for my students, right, if they're anything like I was, I was like a, a young angsty teenager that had just come out out of year 12 right yeah. it helped to kind of have that structure if that makes sense like yeah sure i mean i guess hypothetically a lot of the things that we discuss in an educational capacity you could probably learn online in fact i know you could right but would you well, have yeah it's one of those things you don't yeah. necessarily have the motivation or the drive or That's someone exactly there to kind right. of support you along because yeah. if you're on your own there's and this definitely doesn't apply because I've spoken to some people who they've done their yeah. work on their own and they've not gone through courses. They don't even have a huge network and they yeah. just kind of, they find their way through it. Yeah, but of you, course. you do run the risk of just procrastinating and never actually really accomplishing anything yeah. along the way. Well, that's exactly right. And again, the biggest takeaway is like literally my entire career revolves around the six people that I met during my university degree. Yeah. Like, yeah, during that time, my network was small, but that was my network, right? And now I've got a much bigger network, sure, but that small initial network results in the team that I currently have, which yeah. are currently my best friends, which are also my colleagues, and we're working on yeah. a game that we really want to work on. So it's really, really cool. Yeah. So let's lean into Primordies a little, mm. little bit. So you obviously, you spoke about the game. Um, did we discuss what it actually is for people? I'm uh, trying to recall. Yeah, I'll, I'll go over it again. That's cool. So I gave the... I I gave obviously, the very, I know, but I'm just... Did, yeah. did we... Yeah, I gave, the, I gave the very soft, like, sort of, like, one-liner. So, yeah, so again, Primordials is a third-person action-adventure game. Um, you play as our fiery protagonist, Ash, who is an anthropomorphic phoenix. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, anthropomorphic is basically animal that has human characteristics. Human yeah. yeah, so they, like, stand up on their legs and stuff like that. So that, we've basically got a man-bird who shoots fire. Yeah, um, which is awesome. Which is cool. Uh, and, yeah, so our character's Ash, and uh, basically... 
he wakes up at the start of the game with absolutely no memory or recollection of who he is or yep. how he ended up there. Now, I know the whole amnesia thing can be a little bit cliche, cliche. Yeah. right? I do know that, but we do that almost in a very deliberate sense, I would say, right? Uh, we don't have a, like, there's a bit of a prelude to, like, what's happened. Like, when Ash wakes up at the start of the game, that's the second the screen flashes on. Yeah, okay. So, we're trying to create this connection in the earlier levels of the game where the player is is meant to be going through the exact same learning processes that Ash is going through yeah. in real time, right? It's not like you're coming in and these characters already kind of know how to do these things. Ash, at, at his core, is a baby, right? Yeah. He's got like... He hasn't learned anything and you've got to guide him through the world as much as you're trying to discover things about the world he's discovering them at the exact same time and it creates this really cool connection between the player and our main character because what we're trying to do and i guess it's part of the reason we start to see a little bit of a decline in kind of mascot characters those characters i loved so much as a kid is that you know we live in a world where you've got games like elder scrolls where you can build a character that is you yeah right um and it's really easy to instantly get attached to a character like that because it is you yeah you're trying to recreate yourself so in some way, exactly right so as a designer i'm trying to create and it's not impossible obviously we've got heat i mean you look at like uh aloy from horizon, horizon right and then you've got kratos from god of war like you can have these characters of course but you know going to that extra level where ash is a character that no one's ever experienced before and we're an indie team so how do we make that connection where you genuinely care for this character yep. by the time you realize what has happened to him and then as the story goes from a you know a journey of like recollection and discovery to a rec- uh, to a to yeah, a response, story, to, a that, response yeah. to that exact thing uh, naturally i don't want to talk about no, no, that no, don't much um, but yeah so that's kind of the the layout for it so our worlds we're developing it in the unreal engine and we're going for very big vibrant beautiful levels and stuff there like are some that. videos out there you the listener go, yep. go and check them out on youtube please uh, yep it's up on youtube we've got it on our website as well just look up toyboxgamestudios.com yeah, well it's not too hard to find yeah, I, mean, I remember yeah. when the, the listing of all the titles and the studios yeah. for pax last year popped up and i saw yours i jumped on and had a bit of a look around mm. at the time so yeah it's not it's not too hard to go and find yeah it um so yeah that's kind of been the universal thing's been like the visual fidelity of the game right yep. people are like yeah this looks great like it's incredible what you've managed to achieve for a fir- like for a first time team making a game we're like yeah cool awesome um yeah and then obviously the gameplay like we said is very uh kind of like spiral and fably in terms of the way that you move around like you run yep. around you collect items and there's platforming and i guess that's where the spiral part comes from yep. it's like the platforming and stuff like that um but believe it or not we're actually uh copying god of war for combat oh, okay yeah so not quite as many mechanics and abilities yep. um but basically we're like old school god of war no 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 the modern one so yeah it's 2018 so we were basically like we last year at pax we ran into an issue where we realized that one part of our entire game that was lacking was combat and you know that's normal game developers go through something they test it and they realize hey, it's not quite working yeah. so we decided to revamp it feedback yeah thing. we decided to revamp it and we realized god of war's combat was really in line with kind of what we were envisioning but didn't quite nail the first time so we kind of pulled it out and started working on so it so your go- your phoenix is going to throw a fireball that comes back at you right Gonna th- uh, <laughs> not quite a no, fireball. Not, 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 not quite the axe. Uh, he does. He, he does throw fireballs though. So that's one of the abilities. Um, but uh, that's the one. That's the one I remember. So I just yeah. latched on. Okay, so yeah. now it's just going to come back as well. Let's, yeah, let's right? see how that yeah. one works. But exactly right. Like a similar idea, right? Yeah. So the way that you'd fire, you'd throw the the Leviathan axe in God of War. Same way you throw a fireball here, and yeah, yeah. same way that in. God of War, you've got light and heavy attacks, and those heavy attacks, like they're combos, right? But you can kind of seamlessly change between light and heavy attacks. It's like really smooth. Same thing with this. So Ash can use light and heavy attacks, and he can seamlessly change between that. Now, it's not 100% accurate to God of War. Like our character is a platformer, so naturally he can jump. Kratos yeah, couldn't jump, right? Couldn't. So we've got jump attacks and stuff like that. So it's almost a, almost leaning slightly, I guess, into like Devil May Cry, but at the yeah, speed okay. of like God of War. Because DMC yeah, is very fast-paced, fast paced, right? Yeah. We're not going for that. Ours is very much about like, metho- uh, you know, methodically dodging, planning your attacks, yep, and, then, yeah. and then going ape from Which that. again, like, obviously, I can't remember how old that video, some of the videos are about five, six months old, mm. but you can, you can see traces of that within the, yeah, that's within the right. gameplay that's on yeah. showing that trailer. I actually, um, so I'll likely be putting up the GIF later this week on Twitter, but we've we've actually gotten the combat to a point where we've revamped it, yeah. uh, and all the all the dodging and stuff's in there, and it's really, really cool. Because, like, unlike a traditional dodge, which is kind of like a roll, um, Ash, at his core, is very agile. He's a bird, yep. right? So it's, it's funny. Some of the moves almost look like he's dancing. 
Like he's yeah, dancing okay. around his just character, moving around, around yeah. enemies and stuff because he's just so light on his feet and stuff. I mean, like that, that makes sense. Yeah, a bird-based really cool. thing. So yeah, yeah. That, that works. Um, so obviously, yeah, you've spoken about Fable, Spyro, mm. and they're obviously some of the references that people who played the game were making. Mm. Were there any other games that you see personally as particular inspirations or influences upon the project, or is oh, that pretty much yeah, those well, games in a nutshell? It's, it's kind of good because it was, I guess that style of game was what was going to be an inspiration, right? We're going for a heavy fantasy kind of world and stuff like that. Um, so to hear the words Fable and Spyro and stuff like that's always really validating. Awesome. Yeah. It's very validating, right? We knew we looked at a bunch of like um, like platformers initially. Yep. So Banjo Kazooie, um, even some, some of those games that you were talking about from your own childhood that kind of served. Yeah, Crash Bandicoot, Crash, um, Ratchet, and Limp. Ratchet and Clank, like all those sort of things, right? Like we we'd look at little bits of inspiration for it and we'd kind of cobble it together in our own sort of cooking pot and yep. turn it into something. Um, but yeah, like, the other thing as well, right, is like, and this is, I guess, what we haven't touched on, it's like, those games were cool and they had okay stories and stuff. But for us, like, the stories that you get behind, like, from worlds, say, uh, World of Warcraft. Yep. Elder Scrolls, right? You know how there's these entire, like, just there's this plethora of lore yeah, that, like, just, gets within every little corner of buildings. Exactly right, stuff, yeah. and that that even though we haven't had much chance to show that, right? Because it's a bit hard to do so in a yep. small demo, demo capacity. Um, Primordial's at its core is a storytelling tell, experience. Yep. Like we t- we are telling a story, and Primordial's takes place over one day in this game world. So yeah, Ash okay. wakes up at eight in the morning, and then the game finishes at eight in the morning the next day right that's how it works and relevant of how long the player takes right but that's that's how it works sort of thing um and despite that one day we have over uh years of established law yeah the world right um and we're not going to throw that all into this game obviously like a big a big part of it was for us to understand how we even got to this story that we wanted to tell in the first place um but the same way you've got elder scrolls that is primordials and the same way you've got skyrim that's Fireborn. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. Primordials is the overarching Yeah, I mean, you world. can even see with the with the, yeah. the naming convention of the game, you're primordial, Primordials, Colin, um, And then and Fireborn. Fireborn. Exactly. So, right. yeah. So, Fireborn is obviously else. referencing the main character, which is yeah. Ash. Um, and then, obviously, the next the next game, if, if it's successful and we're happy to move on with that, could be Primordials, blah, blah, blah. Right? Yeah. Could be anything. Um, but the other thing is, and the reason we designed this game in the way that we have for the story is that... We didn't want to create a game with the assumption that this might turn into a full franchise. If it does, yeah. sweet. All it right? needs to be able to stand on its exactly, own. Exactly, but it has to be able to stand on its own, which means people can come into this, play the game from start to finish, get a satisfying story with a satisfying conclusion. They're like, yep, I'm happy. I've done what I needed to it's do. It's the, uh, the Mass Effect 1 mold where it was a story that stood on its own and then it turned out it was super successful and Bioware went back to it. And made heaps more to yeah. it, right? Exactly right. And that's kind of what we're aiming for here as well, is that it's its own self-contained story. If people want to find the secrets that we've got hidden in the world, like I love secrets and yeah. mysteries and stuff, if people want to find that kind of stuff, they can experience a massive world of lore that we've created, and that's awesome. And I hope we get an awesome community behind that's interested in yeah, kind good. Of all this hidden sort of stuff. But at the same time, right, I'm interested in giving every player a good experience. And if that means that all they want to do is experience the story as it is from beginning, middle and end, and then that's it and they're done, but they're satisfied with that, yep. then we've achieved to... what we were trying to do as well. Yeah, and good. all credit to them, exactly right. And that, that means it's worked out. So we've built Fireborn in a capacity that it can expand, yep. but it doesn't have to. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like accessibility in, in a lot of different ways is a big hot topic at the moment yeah, it in is, the industry. Yeah. But even in terms of like narrative and storytelling mm. accessibility is still important it's, yeah, sure. it gives you that there's the depth there if you want to explore it but otherwise you've got this like this whatever the surface level yeah. story ends up being is perfectly accessible to anyone who picks it up exactly right and I think that's what I wanted right is like I don't want I don't want our story lost in mountains of text and law books and stuff like that like that's cool and lots of people like love that kind of storytelling um but for me i've always been a more visual person i like the story being told to me and stuff like that so we're like well why don't we just incorporate both of those elements people can experience the story right because for me i played halo one two and three right yep and my experience with the halo universe was those three games and then yeah, I started reading the books, and then I started getting interested in all the oh, you really got and the that others, far and the I got yeah, okay. really involved in the Halo universe, right? And there's stuff that they cover in the in the uh, the wider universe that isn't like you know the games cover maybe seven percent of the total war. Yeah, to okay. put it in perspective, like it's just mental, right? Like it's just it's just crazy the amount of stuff that they've got. 
like going on in that universe. Yeah, and that's I, kind of what I, we I didn't have to. that for Halo, but I had that for Gears, which doesn't quite Gears, have the same I amount love of Gears lore of out there yeah. in terms of that, like external yeah. stuff that's available. Same sort of idea. Exactly though. right. I love um, the Gears of War series, and it's that same thing though, right? You can play Gears one or Gears two or Gears three, and they're their own contained stories. Like they follow onto each other, sure, yeah. but it's a story and then it's done, right? Um, and if you want to delve further, you can. You've got five or six different books out there that you can really dive into and exactly explore right. before. You've got like um, the Pendulum Wars, all yeah, that sort of stuff, yeah. So. Uh, before E-Day and all that sort yeah, of stuff. So, exactly yeah, exactly right. Yeah. No, I, I like that sort of approach mm. to uh, storytelling. Yeah. So when it comes to feedback, because obviously we were talking about before, you brought the game to mm. PAX, what sort of um, feedback were you getting from people who played it? Not not your media sorts, though maybe that's also yeah, that's yeah. obviously important as well. Um, but just... No, no disrespect to you. you, Joe Blow on the street that, yeah, um, that yeah. walks in, just oh great, let's give this a go. What sort of feedback were you getting there, and how has that helped kind of drive the direction a little bit? How does that for you personally? Like, what what do you kind of get out of that? Uh, it's been awesome and pretty much universally positive, Good. which has been really really cool. It's funny. The first time we ever showed the game publicly was at uh, Avcon which is yep. an event they've got in Adelaide. Yeah, I was uh, say, and the yeah. first person that came up and played it said that he didn't like it. Oh, really? And we're just like, oh, oh no. no. What have we done? Here we go, right? This is going to suck. This is going to be the worst weekend. And he was the, he's the only person that has actively said that they didn't like it. We've had a few people that have come up to us that said, oh, I'm not really feeling the combat. But it almost always... But you guys comes, seem to recognise that. But we recognise anyway. that as well. And it almost, almost always comes back to the fact that, like... It's, it's a work the in game's progress. like work in progress. Yeah. Exactly right. And we're aware of that. And we make that, like, we make sure that the players are aware of that as well. But the other thing as well is we, like, we don't, you know, question our players' intelligence. Yeah. Like, you know, it's so often, like, unfortunately, the nature of the world we live in is it can be incredibly toxic, right? Yeah. And I'm not surprised at all that, a, you know, a great deal of all the developers on the planet basically just shy away from like communicating yeah. with players because so many of them can be harsh online. But I've never experienced that in a face-to-face capacity, right? People are yeah, just different it's, it's in different. a face-to-face capacity. There's, there's things that um, people say online they wouldn't dare say to exa- a real person. Exactly right. Out of, out of fear for what that person might do fear, them. Yeah. Um, but I'm also a pretty big guy to be as well, fair. So. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so, you know, with that, I go to them and I'm like, there is literally not a thing you can say to me that will upset me. Like, this is a game in progress. We're here testing. We're trying to improve it, and you can help me improve it. And the second you, you know, the the second you treat someone as a human being that has opinions and stuff like that, they'll all of a sudden give you good... But also people, like, in a weird way, they take a bit of ownership over the thing. Like, I'm helping to steer this shit. Well, that's right. And I don't don't have a problem with that, right? Like, my role at Toybox is the creative director, okay? So it means that I've kind of got, you know... a, a a vision on absolutely every single thing that's occurring in the game. But at the same time, I'm not ignorant to the fact that I can't build this game myself. Like, my team is absolutely integral to what we do, right? They're all ridiculously talented, and we co- I couldn't do what I do without yeah, them, of course. right? But the same thing with the players, right? It's like, they are gonna, they're going to affect the universe in a way, and yeah. I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, but yeah, so the feedback has been universally good. The thing that has always been people have just been like, like, gawping like holy crap that's awesome has been our art um, good. we've always strived to just that was that was what caught my eye really high yeah. quality like to the point where like we were showing the game off to publishers at gdc and they were surprised we were a smaller team as we were they're yeah, like okay. oh we just assumed you had like a, a way bigger team right which is kind of cool but kind of like oh well you know that doesn't stop it from being really hard so yeah, yeah um <laughs> but yeah anyway I mean, so that's missing the point here, guys yeah. but <laughs> so that's always been universally positive uh, we've had mixed opinions. So we kind of knew that the combat wasn't, like, great. Yeah. But we did have people who came through that was like, yeah, I actually liked it. Um, the The story seemed intriguing. People seemed to love the world. People liked the character. They liked the idea of fire and stuff like that. Um, and the thing that we haven't had a chance to test and the thing that I really want to test is arguably the the biggest selling point of the game, which is the story. But it's very hard it's to hard test to that, in that yeah. kind of capacity, right? Because so, you're giving people this vertical slice exactly unless it's right. the very beginning, yeah. which I'm sure hides some sort of story stuff you don't necessarily yeah. want to show either. It puts you well, in that's it. Like spot. that first... Uh, if you remember playing through it, there's a massive roar that occurs. Yep. Um, so in Vaguely, the, I remember that. Vaguely yeah. remember it, yeah. So in the game, primordials, it's not just a word. Primordials are representative of creatures that exist in the world that are ancient beings. Yeah. Incredibly powerful, right? Um, and, uh, you know, that's the first one you kind of run into in the story. So that get, that level that you're playing at PAX is actually the fourth level in the game. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so it's a little bit of progress, 
not enough that the story gets ruined or anything like that, but it's far, far enough through it that we can give the players a vertical slice that's like, yeah, here's an example of some of the mechanics, and this is kind of Where the majority headed. of the stuff you're going to run into in some form or yep. another, which is um, which is cool and stuff. But um, yeah, look, long story short, uh, really, really positive. It's great. I really want to get it into people's hands, and we're actively trying to get to the point where we can work on the game more often. It's hard because we... Yeah, and I was gonna, yeah. Oh, that, that was where I was going to head next because I remember a conversation yeah. that I think it was you and I had at PAX. Yeah. Um, and then obviously you kind of touched on it earlier on in this recording. Um, because of the full-time job, yeah. really you don't have that many opportunities to mess around with it. Maybe you'd like to tell everyone actually how those, how much of an opportunity you get to mess around well, with it. Well, that's it. We, we put in about a day a week. Yeah. That's about that's what... That's so about four years, am I right? Four, uh, four no, it's like two and a half oh, to two three at this point. Oh. But my point is, right, like if you, if you take every week that we've worked uh, at a day a week and then you consider that five weeks would be the equivalent of one week of full-time yep. work. We've been working on the game in the equivalent of a full-time capacity for like less than a year. Yeah. Like that's kind of the yeah, way... It's about half a year. That's the way to view it because people are like, three years, holy crap, man, what have you been doing? I'm like, I've been working on it like Saturdays, yeah, you know I've, what I've I mean? Got, like, I've got <laughs> to keep the income coming in. Yeah, well, that's exactly right. And... and I think part of the reason like we've survived as long as we have as a studio is we're not trying to rush into things, yep. right? We're trying to do everything right. We we hire accountants, we hire lawyers. Like, we're not messing around. We want this to be a serious business. But yep. that also means that we have to take a bit of time to make sure that we take the right steps. Cross the T's. Exactly the right. We're not, we're not just running and hoping for the best. We're scouring the area, making sure we're putting our feet in the right place in the minefield that is running a business yeah. in the first place, let alone indie business, indie game business. Um, yeah, so really difficult, but, you know... I um, can't talk about it much yet, but no, it's absolutely. looking like we will hopefully be able to get um, some more work happening on the game soon. So hopefully that means that by the time we get to PAX, we'll have a lot more to show off, which yeah, is okay. really cool. Um, yeah. So obviously you were talking about, uh, feel free to shoot this down because I yeah. get the feeling maybe that's where it was headed. You, you spoke before you GDC and you're talking to publishers and that's yeah. Is that somehow linked in? Uh, it's, actually, thing, it? it's actually not that. I mean, okay. it kind of it is, but it's not. Like, publishers sweet, right? Like, we're talking to them. Because I stuff. understand that publishers are yeah, a lot of people that, that opens up opportunities because yeah. there's, there's a trickle of yeah, money absolutely. coming through. Yeah, so we're, we're talking to publishers and they're really cool. And I guess we'll see where that goes. But that's all kind of leads right now. But it's more... Um, it's more... We've sat down as a, a group of directors that run the company and we've kind of... Every single month that we run this business, we get a lot more savvy, like business yep. savvy. And we all have just recently un- like come to a uniform decision about how we should move forward with the business. Yeah, and okay. I think we're just all really happy with it and that it's going to really like improve the, the business overall. Yeah, I that's, kind of, that's kind of where we're sitting, which is like it's going to... Because we figured out a, a way that we want to move forward with the business that is for the better of the business... Uh, it means that in you know realistically, it means that more work's going to get done on the game, yeah, which, right, is, cool. which is pretty cool. No, uh, I can't talk great. about it much, but it is just overall, it's just good news. Like toy boxes was never ever going to die. I don't think. Like the way yeah. that we work is, even though it's very slow, it's also really safe, yes. which is cool. Because um, it's not coming at the expense of anything else. Exactly right. Yeah. Exactly right. It's just our Outside own time. Maybe a Saturday. Yeah, it's just our own time. Exactly right. Um, but yeah, so, uh, but yeah, so moving forward. Um, Kind of bringing on perhaps one would argue a little bit more risk, but not so much that we're like, oh crap, we're going to sink as a company. Yeah, okay. So exciting times ahead. Educated, educated, educated guests for sure. Very educated, very heavily discussed guests. But yeah, yeah. good. I mean, that's that's all you can do is you really talk these things through. Yeah. Give it all the thought you possibly yeah. can, and then well, that's it. This will decision. be this will be our third packs with Primordials this time. So, yeah, we're like, so it's time to time to kick it up. You, yeah. yeah, obviously you're talking about bringing the game back to packs this yeah. coming this coming year. I'm curious because I I haven't had this conversation with anyone before mm. um how does what does the process look like to get a game in the door for something <laughs> like um, Paxos or anywhere really it's like what, decept- what does that look like it was deceptively simple and yet really oh, okay. difficult at the same time if that makes sense so um i'm actually not the best person to ask about this so my producer yasin he handles all yeah, this okay. kind of stuff um but basically, it just came down to, uh, I can't remember how we got the email, but we got an email of someone who helps organize packs. Yeah, okay. It was like, not, like, not one of the big organizers. Ago, it might sure be that. Yug or someone. Uh, it could have been yeah, someone. Someday. But anyway, we got that email, and we literally just sent through an email, and we're like, hey, we're interested. Like, we don't even, we have no idea what we need to do, but long story short, we want to showcase the game at PAX. Can you yeah. help us? Uh, and... A hundred emails later, we back and forth to the point where they basically explained how everything worked, 
and we got a just do this 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 you'll be just, in the door just a list of things you can get in the door exactly right um that's sweet yeah so like i said it was kind of it was complex because and for any like young studios that are out there i say this as well every single thing seems incredibly complex when you're first looking at it like an insurmountable monster and then like i look back at what i know like from what i know now i look back two years and the problems i was running to in then absolute cake five ten minute right? job exactly. ten minute job and yeah. i'm like yep cool it's done sign off on it easy no worries all right like how like seamlessly confident i am like signing contracts now and stuff like that like things i'd be really careful about yeah, like, picking through looking yeah, for where, like, what's the thing i'm going to trip exactly up on right whereas now i'm i you know I've, I've done it enough that i can trust my own judgment and stuff and things like that and you'll just get better at that over time but the same thing happened to me like heading to pax this year i had no idea what to oh not pax sorry gdc i had yep. no idea what to is that your first gdc it was my first yep. gdc first time in the states so i had okay. no idea what to expect um, and literally after the first day, I was like, I wish I knew what I know now five weeks ago, right? Yeah. Okay. But naturally, I'm going to get it exactly, like, to be ready. Just in the so much information yeah, gets okay. loaded into your brain the second you rock up because you have a layout of what the city looks like. You understand how to get hold of the tickets. You understand like how many people are going to be there. It's the more layout. logistical stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. And like also like what the expenses are going to be and all this other sort of stuff. And it just, it helps a lot when you've got that information, which means yeah. for GDC next year, which I'm incredibly excited for, I'm going to go into that a lot more confident. Like yeah, I'm you got like, that head start. Yeah, I got that head start. I know what's going on sort of thing. Uh, and it's the same thing with PAX. So with PAX, it's kind of a, um, I'm pretty sure it's like an, an email that you can find online. Like I'm pretty sure it's not like a hidden it's thing. It's probably on the like, PAX website. Hey, you got a game? You want to submit it to us here? But it literally, and I found this is the situation with almost anything I've ever done. It's as simple as just being like, hey, we're interested. Yeah. And you'll get put onto someone who can at least talk to you about what you've got to do. Um, you know, and... I find that's the best way to go about it. And it gets to the point. So the first two years, we uh, we approached PAX. We are like, hey, we want a booth, blah, blah, blah. They approached us this year. Yeah, okay. They're like, you guys are regulars now. Uh, and obviously, your game's moving along. We're ready now. Because we've already signed up and everything. Right? Yeah. So it's all ready to go. Yeah, I'd imagine. Because what are we now? We're recording this thing in, in April. That's PAX, it. October. Like, yeah, they, so they're already not, having those It's not that far. Sort of exactly right. It's yeah. not that far away. So they came to us. They're like, we assume you want another booth. And we're like, yep. And that was it. Oh, cool. We paid the money and that was it. Simple as that. So makes sense. It gets it gets easier, sort of thing. Yeah, of course. Once you, once you kind of got that name, your foot's in the door. It makes yeah, the exactly communication right. makes things a bit easier. Yeah, and that's that being said, like at its core, Toybox hasn't even got a name. Yeah. you know what I mean. Like we're we're still but you're known to the people who exactly are that right, and thing. that's kind of the important part, right? Yeah. Like yeah, it's like yeah, okay, we're not we're hardly known at all in terms of like I guess a um, community capacity sort yeah. of thing, but we're getting well enough known of I guess the people that are like the influencers in the local industry and yeah, for events like that. That it means that we're having a much easier time getting our foot in the door, sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, so, that makes sense. Yeah, so kind of into the back end of things now mm. what are some of the more uh, valuable lessons you kind of learned you personally through the whole development journey so far at any point yeah um is it things like more recently at gdc is it things from from the development of primordials or some of the earlier projects what, what are some of those things along the way that have really um, um, resonated with you i guess so first and foremost uh always 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 give yourself a chance to rest yep every single time and, and that's I where will, that Sunday is you work you Monday to Friday and you do, you get, do the game Saturday sleep and Sunday. on the Sabbath I sleep <laughs> um, but like yeah but like you know honestly like it's so it's so easy to get bogged down in work right yeah. and like as much as I hate it and as much as like I swear to God right when Toybox is at a capacity where we can all work full time crunch culture will not be a thing I, I will not Could let be. it be, be a thing right but the unfortunate nature of what we do is if we work Saturdays we're crunching because yeah, we're you're working, doing an extra day of the week. We're doing an extra day yeah. of the week, and we're doing more than a full time capacity, uh, like you know, capacity of work and stuff like that. And it sucks because we all understand that we understand that we're we're going beyond what would be normal, and that can be draining. Which means you need to give yourself that time to rest. Yeah. Like it's not worth, it's not worth killing yourself to get something happening you know what i mean and like a lot of the people in the industry understand that you just yeah, gotta whether, be, whether it's yeah whether yeah. it's kind of killing yourself over it whether it's the other sacrifice you yeah. want to make that sort of thing and yeah it's it's not i mean we all know it's not exclusive yeah. to the games industry of where course. this can be a thing it's it's obviously heavily focused on within the games mm. industry these days but it's not not an exclusive thing to the games exactly industry right. and, and not exclusive to the actual game making part of the industry yeah. as well whether it's people i mean you and I are sitting here now. It's mm. it's nearly six thirty on a Monday night, yeah. and I've driven 45, 50 minutes into the city <laughs> to come and meet up with you. Yeah. I've got a wife and child at home. A yeah. child is six months old, but like you kind of you do these things to make them work, and it's just a matter of 
making sure you give yourself that time. Well, that's it, right? Which is a hard lesson I personally had to learn. Well, that's it. And the same thing, right? Like I, um, you know, like when I was going through my bachelor's degree, I was doing part-time work at the same time. And when I started doing part-time work, that's when my grades started to slip. I went from doing HD averages to getting credits. And I ended up quitting that job because for me doing well at school was more important but yeah. i had to under i had to learn that lesson the hard way that my actual ability to function as a human being i had tangible proof that it was slipping because i could see my grades drop yeah. right like you know and that's that's a really crazy kind of thing to say um but yeah so that i guess rule number one would be like take time for yourself look after yourself at the end of the day right you might take a little bit longer to make a game but the game's not going to come out if you kill yourself yeah, it, so, might be, it might be better for it exactly right You're in a and it's space. always the case if i give myself like if i'm like no i just can't work today like i'm going to take today off and maybe work tomorrow or something like that i'll come back and i'll do 300 percent better yeah. like my efficiency is so much better because i've given You're myself just more switched time. on you more engaged exactly yeah. right yeah um I guess uh, yeah, it is an interesting one. like yeah the, yeah the extra time to sleep those sort of things like again we spoke about before like I'm a teacher as well yeah. and I I see most, like some students that they take on their part-time job they're, they're 15 16 years old and oh great I'll get out then I'll earn some extra money and then yeah. I start to see their results slip in the same way like guys if there's a way for you to if it's your parents are able to that was my situation my mm. parents basically said as long as you give the time to your study don't get a part-time job we'll cover you yeah. like anything you want we'll, we'll get it sorted just yeah. just Give yourself the time. Yeah, to I was. I, if, yeah. if you can find yourself in that sort of situation, mm. then you do it. So, and it's the same sort of idea. If there's a way to kind of minimise those things that eat into that time to rest, then take advantage of those. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I was same thing. I was lucky because I was able to survive off Centrelink, sort of yep. thing. Now, don't get me wrong. The, the actual system for getting stuff to work is absolutely appalling. But an undeniable fact is that I would not have been able to do my studies without it, sort of thing. Yeah, so yeah. I support the fact that that kind of support exists for students. Like, yeah, that's, no, that's, nice. that's fair. Yeah, so I was like, yeah. Uh, what's some other tips? I guess uh, another tip would be, um, and this is, it's interesting because a lot of my tips aren't actually game related. They're more like more soft, life. They're soft yeah. skills, life skills, right? And it's like, it's so true. Like the hallmark of a great designer is experience. Yeah. Like the more you've experienced life, the better you're going to be at everything. So go out there and live and stuff like that, which is really cool. But my next tip, and especially here for like Australia, not just Melbourne, but Australia, it's a small industry. And kindness costs nothing. Yes. So be kind, be polite. Yeah, don't to be people. a dick to people. Just, exactly yeah. right. It's not hard. Like I, something as simple as like just having like a a, a friendly demeanor has gotten me so many contacts. Yeah. In this industry, it's ridiculous. Just because it's been like you know I don't go up to someone and like you know sherrick and death star like my um business cards yeah. at them right it's like i'm not like trying to do it that way it's just have the friendly face friendly come face to me. i'm genuinely genuinely just want to get to know you like yeah. i want to chat and just see what's up and stuff like that well that's kind of one of the things for me yeah. when it comes to this show so it was about packs last year that i was mm. gearing up to start the show and i'm running around kind of sussing things out yeah. on the show floor because i had a few interviews and i had a few other appointments and bits and pieces so i had limited time on the on the floor this mm. past year um but you and the team kind of struck uh, struck me firstly obviously the game kind of caught the yeah, eye course, and I'd already yeah. seen bits and pieces going into it but then everyone was so easy to talk to I think mm. I, yeah I'm, I'm almost certain it was you that wanted over at the time yeah and we just kind of struck up conversation about the game or just kind of anything how was Pax how was this blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. took the card and I made a mental note at some point I've got to get in touch yeah. to to tee up it once once I kind of because I recorded interviews yeah. at Pax with yeah, yeah. Tim Wilts and some of the big names that had come over yeah like once once I get this ball rolling I've kind of got this established I need to come back and speak to these guys. Yeah. Uh, and it was purely down to the the way the, you and the team kind of conducted yourselves there that just it left a mark. It honestly is as simple as that. Just so, be a genuine human. It's It seems like it should be simple, but yeah. it's like, <clears throat> honestly, it's, it's just... It's a dying art in some It's ways, a dying though. art. Just be a genuine person. It's crazy. Um, yeah, and then I guess uh, I'll, I'll leave it at the, the perfect three tips, I guess. So, um, yeah, so make sure you rest up. Be kind to everyone. And um, the third one would be have faith in your abilities. Yeah. Right? So, like, one of the things, and I mean, I guess it comes off, I get, <laughs> it's hard because I don't want to come off as kind of, I guess, arrogant, if no, that makes sense. You, There's that fine line self, between arrogance and confidence, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but for me, it's like, be confident in your abilities, right? Like, a lot of people, um, and I've even I've said it at one point, and I, I regret thinking this way because it's I haven't gotten to where I am now by thinking that way, right? Yeah. It's the idea that you know the imposter syndrome sort of thing. If yeah. you're in if you're in a particular position, 
you're there because you've, you've worked hard reason, enough yeah. to do it. And you need to believe that. And even if it means you're in a room with 30 other people and you're ranked 30 out of 30, let's assume there's a ranking system in yeah. this room of 30 people. Somewhere in the pecking that, order, Exactly yeah. right. That doesn't mean you're imposing on rank number one. It just means that there's a goal for you yeah. if that's how you want to be. Now, you don't have to be that way. Yeah, that's you can fine. settle. Yeah, that's you, totally that's fine, need. right? But my point is never... Never assume that like the work that you do or who you are as a person kind of isn't good enough. Yeah. It definitely is, right? And I, I lead into this as kind of like a segue into a beautiful moment. So I was talking about Ivan and the fact that he was like a mentor for me, especially early on. He helped yep. me release my first game and all that sort of stuff. And just an incredible kind of person that he is, right? And I got to do the exact same thing for two people at Game Jam this year yep. in Ray and Haley, right? They, it was their first Game Jams. They'd never really done it before. And they got to release a game that we released under Toybox called Untitled Burb Game. And it's really cool to be able to give that experience back. But during that time, right, it was obvious that, like, people can get flustered because me and the team, we've been working together for a really long time and we work really fast. Like, yeah. we can, you know, we forget how fast we can work sort of thing. But at the same time, it was like both Ray and Haley absolutely went above and beyond in terms of the work that they were doing for Game Jam sort of thing. Yeah, okay. And it purely just came down to, like, you know, you're doing great. Like, have faith. Back, backing yourself Have in. faith in your abilities. Have faith in who you are sort of thing, right? Like... It, it's kind of like it's all overlapping sort of thing, right? Rest up because it makes you a better person just because you're more straight. You know, switched you've got on. To be switched on mind. Um, but being like genuine, right? Like trusting who you are and trusting in you are step leads back into step two, which is being genuine. Like don't try and fake who you are. I'm a very, very, very loud person. Yep. And people actively know me as a very, very loud person, <laughs> right? But that almost comes off almost a little bit as part of the charm because people are like, oh man, I heard you coming like two blocks away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's an <laughs> you were two thing. blocks away and I heard you laughing, sort of thing, you know. And it's this thing because all of a sudden it's not like, oh, here's a big, here's a big guy with a really big voice that's mean and angry or anything. It's like, oh, here comes like BFG. He's just a big yeah, guy who's yeah, okay, like yeah. fun to be around and he's just happy and stuff like that. And like that. That alone, I believe, would get you far in you any door. career. Yeah. In any career, that would get you far. But especially in games, it's like, yeah, being just a genuine person. And that doesn't, again, that doesn't mean you have to be an extrovert like me. You don't have to be like, blah, 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 No, you blah. can kind of keep to yourself exactly and still do right. those sort of Just be yeah. genuine. Genuine, honest, and those those would be my tips, even though not a single one of them is a uh, No, they're big game picture sort of things, but it doesn't matter. Yep. They, they still translate and, across. And uh, because I like throwing a little bit of uh, petrol on the fire, Unreal Forever, yeah? No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, you, are, you are rocking the Unreal shirt. So. Um, yeah. Any particular like highlights along the way that have really, like things that you just think back to every now and then, go, like, that was... That was a time, and I mean in the good in the good sense. Mm, uh, it really definitely so. Obviously, when we first finished Toy Box, that yep. was a big moment because that was when the, I guess that was when we solidified as a team that we were like, even though we kind of went our separate ways for a little bit, yeah, we're probably going to be friends forever, sort of. And, thing. and we finished um, this thing. We did this thing together. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, there was that. Then there uh, would be uh, for me personally when I finished my master's story. Um, I did that for incredibly personal reasons and yep. uh, it had nothing to do with like furthering my career or anything like that. I had my reasons for it. And then the same thing, I plan on doing my PhD next year as well. Yeah, okay. So similar thing, right? It's like as much as I'm in an academic sort of um, career and stuff like that, like I do want to make games, but I'm still interested in the academic side as well. No, of course. That's, so Masters... You can only a, further what you're doing. That's right. So Masters was a big moment. Um, and then... After that was probably, I guess, for the big moment for me as well, but also a big moment for the team was the first time we showcased at PAX. Yeah, okay. My mum my and sister flew over from Tassie just, oh, to, nice. come, just to come to it. Um, and my, my grandparents, uh, bless their hearts, uh, came down from Geelong to oh, yeah, check okay. it out as well. And it was so funny because, like, you know, my grandparents, are, they're amazing people and they've always been supportive, but they've grown up in a world where technology isn't as part of their world as yes. it is for us, right? So games they were there and they were just concept. like, what? Like just realising just how huge games is yeah. as an industry, right? Like it just, it was just mind-blowing to them, right? But it when was cool. When they hear the screams from what was it, probably League of Legends yeah. all those years ago, <laughs> that group that's over there. Yeah, exactly. The right. roaring in the background, yeah. just, I feel but like, for, them, for you guys that are on the floor the whole time, that must be. Oh, it is draining. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is draining. But for them to see that we were part of that that we were in that industry now right like we had our booth we had our poster and everything like it was yeah. all professional it was really cool and then that was also you know that was the the first time that someone came up to us and asked can we buy can i buy the game 
Oh, nice. Right? And that is just, that melts your heart, right? Yeah, You're it's just like, like, oh, like it much, thank I you. Want it. I want it now. It is absolutely not ready to be bought, but yes, when it comes out, you can. <laughs> Consider this a pre-order, mate. Yeah, exactly <laughs> right. And you know what's funny? Like, I've had a lot of people saying, like, let us help you. Like, Chuck, like, let us help oh, you support like a, the game. Like stuff. a Kickstarter sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah, and idea. you know what? We might do a Kickstarter eventually. We'll yeah, see. Yeah, okay. We'll see. But, um... Yeah, but that that for me especially was just like that completely solidified that through that one demo, that one crappy pre-alpha demo that had all these bugs through it and everything, there was a person out there that was ready to buy it at that exact moment. Yeah, they were so happy with what they saw. So happy with what they saw. And that to me, like that says to me that that's probably the kind of person that would play through the whole game, get to the finale that I'm planning for and get the exact same experience that I got when I finished Halo. Yeah, good. You know what I mean? And it all They're ready to back ride those same experience. bumps that you did. Exactly right, yeah. So, yeah, continue to wrap things up. So mm. what, what do you see the future holding for you personally? I mean, the thing is, like, yours is an interesting one. We didn't really dive into it. Like, mm. you, you packed up and moved state. Yeah, you know, like yeah. From Tasmania to Melbourne, which is... I mean, Melbourne's <laughs> kind of fairly well considered the indie sort of hub of Australia yeah. these days. Yeah. But, like, I mean, how was that? And then how do you, how do you continue to adjust to that sort of... I, um... That change, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. It was scary. It was scary, because I was, um... I was very much country boy. Like, I yep. grew up in... For anyone who knows Bernie, it's like... Yeah, I know Bernie. Yeah, yeah It's like, it, they call it a city. It's not. Um, it's a town at best. But anyway, like, you know, it's kind of that country area. And I, like, with Dad, I grew up on the block, like, riding riding. Do they really bikes. call Bernie a city? Oh, yeah, shit. city yeah, of Bernie. I definitely city, wouldn't count that. City by the sea. It's, it, I think it had enough population for 10 minutes that they were able to yeah, classify okay, it right. as a city. And this, never... one, this one family moved in. Yeah. Oh, we've been up now. <laughs> Five families moved out. <laughs> they, they never you went took off to go to Melbourne it. and they got off. Yeah. 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 But anyway, so, like, I, I realised really quick when I was interested in games that I wasn't going to find what I wanted there, which is kind of sad because now this, I see things like the Tasmanian Game Developers Society and stuff, yeah. right? I'm like, that's really cool. I wish I knew about that stuff when I was in, like, in high school. And I think stuff there's a like few that. of those things that have developed They're f- particularly recently, so yeah. it's, it's taken a while to get going, but the likes of Jason Imms that are really helping exactly get things going right. up that way. Exactly right. And like, Shout um, out to Jason, he's awesome. Oh, he's so good. Yeah, Love you, man. Um, but yeah, like, you know... I want to be able to help with that as well because it's entirely likely that there's you know other kids down there that are like games are cool. I'd love to make games, and yeah. I hope that they can find that community there. And then if they stay in Tassie or if they move, whatever, right? But yeah, so that was a really big thing moving here. I moved in by myself. All of a sudden, I had to worry about like bills and stuff, like things you just we don't you, consider when you're living out. Same home. thing as figuring out how to get into packs for the first time. Yeah, once you figure it out, it's breezy. It's I don't busy. even think about it anymore. But in that moment, it's really scary, right? You have like things like your first Christmas alone. That yeah. sucks, all right? And stuff like that. But it never, it was never, like that was just things that were like, I miss my family and stuff like that. It was never like, have I made the wrong decision? I think I always was comfortable with living here and kind of going through the trials of going through uni and stuff and being broke because you get hardly anything from Centrelink and stuff like that. Um, because I knew in my heart of hearts that I was doing the right thing. I was like, yep, games are what I want to do. And... For me, like, for the future, I suppose. Like, you know, the past is past. I moved here and it, everything's worked out up until this yeah, pretty, point. Pretty right? comfortable now. It's been pretty comfortable, exactly. Um, I want, <clears throat> I want Toybox to be that next studio that, like, you know, that break people, out Aussie yeah, developer. But, yeah, but not only that, like, people, like you can, you can do no wrong. You know what I yeah, mean? Okay. Like people, you like you release a game and like, or you announce a new game, and people are instantly clamoring for it because they know it's going to be an incredible experience. Yeah. Okay. Like I want to get that. I want to get that, and I want I want the already awesome Australian industry to get even bigger. Like I want us to Just, be one of the biggest world players. Like not like <laughs> my competitive side coming through. No, I want us to be. I want us to be like. A, like dominant in terms of like an industry no right? it's, i mean it's one of those sort of things yeah. where like a rising tide lifts all boats so if the australian scene improves others will improve well with that's it, exactly right and the, the teams within you know, will all improve yeah. and we'll all be better off for it that's so. exactly right and like we've got film vic here and they're awesome at supporting like games and stuff like that um you know and some places in australia are doing better and stuff as well but we're not very good yeah. and part of that part of that for me i hope that you know, through big companies like um, you've got like League of Geeks and then Mountains has done incredible with Florence and all yes. that recently and stuff like that. Like my hope is that Toybox can get next to companies like that as well. Yep. And collectively, as we build up, it gets to the point where even if the government doesn't start supporting us, there's so much support in the industry that itself, in the industry itself that we never have to worry about the things that 
we as indie studios had to worry about, yep. like getting started and stuff yeah, like that, yeah, that we don't have to worry about potentially another GFC killing yep. us. You know, like we don't have to worry about any of that. I want it to be like, you know, we've got such solid like defenses set up that if one of these catastrophes comes through again, we can look after each other. Like that's what I want for Toybox and that's kind of what I see myself doing as well. Is like, will I end up potentially, like I want to travel the world and stuff like that and games is a pretty cool way to do that sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you know what, I'd love to be able to say, oh yeah, I'm going to GDC in like, you know, 2030 and I guess I'll just stay at my studio that I have there or something like that, right? One of the, sounds right, doesn't it? Right, it sounds pretty cool, yeah. Um, but either way, yeah, I want, I just want Toybox to be, I want Toybox to be known for being just a really awesome studio that makes really awesome games. Last proper question for mm. you before we do the kind of the socials yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and I'm, you've caught some of the episodes recently, so you probably know what's coming. Yeah. If there was one game that you wish or that you could always hope that your name was somewhere in the credits in for having been responsible for, mm. what would it be? Oh, My Halo. gut says it's Halo. Halo without question, yeah. And like, it wouldn't even need to be Halo 1 and 2, it would be Halo 3. Yeah, I, okay. if, I could, if I could go up to people and... Hey, I made Halo be 3. Like, I, I worked on this game. You know what I mean? It wouldn't even be that, though. For me, like, the, the fantasy is not that I worked on it, but that I, I built it, right? Yeah, like, okay. you know the same way that people think of, like, Kojima. Yeah. Right? Okay. And, like, how he... Like, so many people worked on Metal Gear. But, but people only think of Kojima. Kojima yeah. is Metal Gear, you know what I mean? For me, that'd be, like, Tyson is Halo. Like, that's what I would have wanted. Yeah, okay. But at the same time, like... At the same time, I'm kind of like I would Halo wouldn't have existed if that's how that worked. And for me, I guess what I want is I want it to be like, you know, I want that effect for myself and my teammates for Fibon. Interesting. You know what I mean? Do you yeah. do you think that these days it's harder for people to so obviously like Kojima, mm. um, Miyamoto, your Corey Barlogs, those sort of people mm. they're heavily associated with the game, and that's a that's a person X game. Yeah. Do you think it's harder for that? sort of person to break through these days because of the the size the scope of the teams that are working on games yeah. it's harder for one individual to stick out I, no i don't think so i mean like and obviously it's not about the individual at the end yeah, of the day it's of about course. the team and it's about the product i think yeah i think that association yeah. is something the way that people act with regards to their games and their teams determines that so if we look at cory borog creative director for god of war he's been absolutely everywhere like when i think god of war i think him now yeah. right like it's kind of that but at the same time like just genuine human right always giving all the credit to like the team oh, that incredible. worked on it amazing person right I'm so desperate to get um, him on this show at some point yeah right how good would that be man like call he, me in because I want to talk he, to him he, like. he liked a tweet at one point that was me talking about coming in because uh, yeah. I was talking to him and David Jaffe at the same time yeah. and then it never went anything from there so Corey yeah. the phone's always Please. there and really just give me a yeah, buzz get on it um, but yeah that I mean like you look at uh, what I mean like even like things like Portal Kim yep. Swift right like it might. It's maybe not the same level. Yeah, and that's, that's kind of what was it. But it's also not as well. Like, you've got, like, great little breakout games, like Getting Over It with Bennett Foddy. Yeah. You know, like, stuff like that. Um, I don't think it's impossible. But at the same time... Well, you like, do see it still coming from the indie scene. I, I think yeah. about, like, when Braid, for example, first popped up and people go, John from Blow, John from John Blow, from Bo, that's John right. from Blow. Yeah. People think about it. So it is still possible. Yeah, absolutely. For me, like, and a lot of those games that you see, they're like, um, they had like a couple of people working on it. Um, as much as I'm a sucker for the for the limelight, right? I'd want Toybox again. I want Toybox to be known, sort yeah. of thing. Like, at the end of the day, again, right? Like, I I'll end up probably doing the majority of interviews and stuff just because I'm so comfortable talking and that. But an undeniable fact is that I'm making this with a team. Yeah, it's the team success that drives you. Yeah, talented people, and I want every single one of them people to have their name in the spotlight as much as mine potentially yeah. could be. Right. Um. So I think that's what I want it to be. So if it means instead of end credits, you've got this awesome credit system planned. For okay. The game, where so spotlight in the middle of the. Screen, I'm happy right? to talk about this, right? <laughs> so at, at the start of the game, you know how they've always got like cool sort of like opening sequences yeah. with like the credits and stuff. The recent one I saw was Devil May Cry Five. It's that beautiful thing where the never, music's playing. Never got around to playing. Oh, will, dude, but... do it. Just so, for the opening credits, man. It's so right. good. Um, I mean, it's, it's on my to playlist. Yeah. It's just you'll know what I'm talking it's about. It's got lost in there somewhere. It's it's so good. Like it's fantastic. But for me, um, I'll like make I sure said, to hit you up as soon yeah, as I play. Yeah, it. do it. Yeah. <laughs> There's no like opening cinematic in Fireborn. He wakes up and you're in gameplay. Yep. Like, and I wanted that jolt of like, holy crap, what am I even doing? Well, good question because Ash doesn't know what he's doing either, right? But as he makes his way through this canyon, it's really foggy. 
Um, it's like this fog and mist and everything like that. And what I've got happening is like as you walk through the mist, like the wind will blow and the words will blow up in the mist and then disappear. Oh, yeah, again. Okay, yeah. So it'll go like, that's kind of the Bosch, a creative director. And then it'll fly away and then it'll be like, Vasily Asimtafis, art director. And then Yassin, producer. And then Alex. And then all this other sort of stuff, right? And it's like, but it's meant to be like really like in the world, but it's just like, it's got like the like, kind of whispers of yeah, like blows away and stuff. For some reason, the yeah. wind just kicked up, splashed your name on the screen, and took yeah. off again. So I've I've had that in my mind for the longest time about how I want it to start, which would be really cool. That's kind of so, awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, really spotlighting the people actually responsible exactly. for the game, exactly which is, right. is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, so we've covered all the main questions I've got there. So if Beautiful. people want to find out more about the game, yeah, and you. Where should they go? Uh, so the game, www.toyboxgamestudios.com. Uh, uh, it is also under firebornegame.com as well. Too so easy. they'll take you to the same page sort of thing. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram or Twitter at TJ Atomica. So T-J-A-T-O-M-I-C-A. I'll pop, I'll pop it in the no show. No worries. Well. That's, been, that's been my gamer tag forever, and I'm never going to let go of it. Um, that's it's that. Should, and then, so no PlayStation name changes for you. No way. I'd never <laughs> do it. I'm happy with my I'm choices. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the other thing, uh, I can't even remember what it is off the top of my head, but if you go to either our Facebook or our Twitter, which is at TBX Games, so Toybox Games, at TBX Games, um, there will be a link there for a Discord that we've only just opened as well. Yeah, so, so I can see that just yeah. just last night, I think, when I was yeah. doing the last little minute check. And, oh, hang on, this is Yeah, so that, that's really cool. We've only just opened that, but we're using that for a bit of a more close-knit kind of community. Yeah. So that community, um, you know, we understand not everyone uses Discord and that's fine, but our Discord community is probably going to get access to things that we wouldn't necessarily put on Facebook. Yeah, of course. Like we might put up like a quick stream of us doing something in Engine or something like that. So yeah, if you're sense. interested in that kind of stuff or if you just want to chat to us because we're always on Discord, then you can go to our Discord as well, and that yeah, link will be on good. Twitter or Facebook. And of course, there'll be that GIF that you turn it for. And there'll be the GIF so, with so, all the dodges and the new attacks and so stuff. So make sure to really go and check that out because this will only be going up next week from when we record. Correct. So, yeah. Um, so it'll link in timing wise pretty nicely. Very nice. Yeah. Well, that's all. So thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for joining us, thank you. Tyson. Yeah. Uh, and I'll see you next time. Cheers. That concludes this entry of Dev Diary. Be sure to subscribe to this feed, share it with your friends, and give us a five-star review to help boost the show up the charts for greater exposure. If you have any people you would like me to reach out to an interview, then please find me at Paul James Games on Twitter to help me get in touch with them. Until our next episode, however, that's been Tyson's story. Thank you very much for listening, and I'll see you next time.